0: Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Evening, 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 evening Football show coming at you on a Tuesday So I'm sure plenty of you happened to catch Republic of Ireland nil USA 2 on Saturday Game was live on TV Ireland play the States again I keep saying this evening Half past 12 Irish time Wednesday morning You get the gist in a few hours time. So we're going to talk to Karen Duggan, who will give us her sense of Saturday's performance, which was in the main very positive. There is the Sinead Farley story, which is extraordinary. Made her uh, Ireland debut at the age of 33, having taken a six year break from football. No football, played 20 minutes and then played an hour for Ireland. And Vera Pau was effusive and effectively came out afterwards and said, yeah, she's going to be on the plane. And uh, part of her story is... It was a car crash and also she made the allegations of sexual coercion against Paul Riley and stepped away from the game and now uh, has come out of retirement as of last year. And at the age of 33, looks like she's suddenly playing for Ireland, going to the World Cup. So a lot to talk to Karen about and we'll do that later on in the hour. Champions League quarterfinals, first leg, of course, uh, Benfica Inter is nil all. And then at the Etihad, second half just started, it is Tuchel versus Pep and it's uh, Pep who's happier of the two, Manchester City 1-0 up, Rodri with the goal on 27 minutes we are uh, 50 minutes on the clock, very happy to say Mr Pat Nevin is with us, good evening
1: Uh, Good evening Um, first of all Uh I'm going to download and listen to that Karen Duggan thing, that sounds amazing that Karen thing that you've got coming up, I cannot wait to hear that first of all right. Um, and secondly I'm sitting watching a a kind of set up which I have to say, the BBC have put up of the the system that uh, that are in Mansight are playing, and it's made me laugh out loud. <laughs> it's that far wrong, <laughs> but uh, but it's a good game anyway. It's a good game. Never mind that. It's a good game. It's always quite complicated to work out what Pep is actually doing I in a game. I and um, but now i can tell what he's doing but it's confused the bbc as it,
0: I mean, often the case i mean uh, as, I, as i've said that they've changed it okay. Ah! okay someone in the BBC said nevin just called us out fix it now if ever there was a team i just wish i could spend the first 10 minutes watching from the stadium as opposed to at home it is city week in week out i like what's he cooking up this week so why don't you explain to us what's pep gone with
1: yeah, so yeah, Haaland is does up front as usual. Stones right wing, uh, Grealish left wing, and that that so far so far so I'm with you.
0: So far I'm with you. Yeah, but
1: Akanji was is basically playing right back a lot at the time. Uh Aki is left back, Diaz is central, but of course you're going to get uh, Stones who's decided that he's playing two positions again today.
0: Yeah,
1: he's playing centre midfield and centre uh, back, and sometimes right back, and uh, just try to pick up where the spaces are, um, but it has it's led to some confusion, Gund- Gundogan and De Bruyne spent a lot of time finding decent space there, because they, it's, it's, it's kind of complicated way of doing a simple thing, it's basically two systems, one when you lose the ball and one when you've got the ball, but also you basically flood the midfield when you possibly can, so how do you get an extra man in midfield, they used to use a left back who would come in and do it, Sinchenko. Now they're getting, you know, whoever's right full back or something's right right centre back steps in, and you become a three behind it. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's 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 really good. It's it's if you've got intelligent players, you can do it. the just certain players can't get their heads around it, and certain players aren't that good, or they aren't international class at two positions. But he's got enough players, and he's watched. I mean, he's got he's getting stones to do the kind of the, the heavy lifting, as it were, with the two positions. Um, and, you know, Stones is a clever enough player. And you think about it. Pep has worked on Stones for years. Mm. Absolutely years. And he was the main man right at the start. And he was passing out and he was getting caught, etc., etc. And then he got dumped and dropped <laughs> for a long, long period. Um, but you just stick with Pep, if you know, because if you're a good player. And Aki, I mean, I watched him, obviously, for years as he was developing. And he's, he's played left-back every single game for the past five, six games, whatever it is now. Yet, he's a great central midfielder and he's a good centre-back. And that's what Pep wants. People who, when he makes a change and he adapts it, you know, then they can adapt to it. And they all look really comfortable. Everyone. Well,
0: it, it was funny, you know, because Pep, and I'm sure Kyle Walker thanked him. Pep said, Kyle Walker wouldn't do that, by the way. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, so, it's not for everyone, as you said. It takes a lot of intelligence and tactical, technical acumen. Have City been... On top, are they deserving 1-0 winners, leaders? No,
1: there's not much in it. There I mean, the, the goal by Rodri is an absolute cracker. It's one of those ones where, you know, 10 seconds before he scores, you think, he's going to score that. Right. <laughs> you know, it's when it breaks to him, he you know, lines it up, he, he, he kind of fires it around the player and it's into the top corner, but you know what he's going to do. Maybe not 10 seconds, maybe two or three seconds before it. You think, well, that could be top corner. Oh, yes, it is. Um, and it is a great strike, but uh, there wasn't much in it before them. Some great chances for Holland had a chance. Um, I have to say, it, it wasn't a great game for 20 minutes, but when the goal happened, then it opened up. And I have to say, one brilliant thing about Bayern, Bayern are not sitting back. They're not trying to hold out and keeping the score low. No, no, they are Bayern Munich, they are playing. So the, the, game, the game's been played in pouring rain, but it is technically a very, very good game. And that usually means it's quite dull. But now it's actually stopped being quite dull and becoming, technically and also, as a spectator sport, it's a good game.
0: Okay, couldn't help but notice that Pep Guardiola has looked at this John Stones Zinchenko innovation, and looked at Trent and said,
1: "You know what? What the hell? Let's give it a roll." Yeah, um, yeah, but you you kind of got to be able to do both of them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, that's the whole idea. And everybody knows the problem with Trent is it doesn't defend, it's kinda of obvious, it's 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 not everyone jumping in the bandwagon. It's a if you've ever even if you're a wide winger, you know you, you spend a lot of time looking around, looking around, checking, making sure where everyone is, and he just doesn't do it. And he doesn't react and he doesn't think like a defender. So if you've been asked to go and play right back, come, centre, midfield player, you got you gotta cover in, that's the whole point. You've got to cover in when. Because if you don't cover in in those areas when it's needed, you're just leave, leaving a big gap at the back. You can't, you can't be doing that against decent teams. Um, but, you know, he, he's quite young. He, he can learn. Trent's got lots of abilities about him. And, of course, what a ball for the, the goal that he created at the weekend there. a little nutmeg and then chipped to the back post. So, you know, it, we all know what his qualities are. Um, but asking him to do those two jobs really, really well is quite a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean... I only watched the game back yesterday and in the build-up to the first goal where Xhaka has the ball, he's kind of halfway line territory. Henderson is putting, he's jogging over to kind of close it off. It's it's not a threatening position and ahead of Xhaka is Martinelli on the touchline, Alexander-Arnold and Kanate inside Alexander-Arnold. So it's like it's a nothing situation. And it's so extraordinary. I remember I hit pause and I even tweeted about it. And I'm I'm not one to jump on the let's bash Alexander-Arnold bandwagon. But it was so interesting that instinctively, as Jacques is about to strike the ball, and it's just very obvious by his body shape, it's going to be an inside the foot curler up the line. Canate and Martinelli, without even thinking, just like you would have done it a billion times in your career, they have both turned to face Liverpool's goal and they're running in the direction the ball's going. And Alexander-Arnold is in between them And he is just standing completely square. He almost even half takes a a, like a half a step forward as if in some kind of I'm going to spook Jack away, uh, Jack, even though he's 20 yards away from me. And I just hit pause and you look at the two body shapes and ball goes over uh, Alexander-Arnold's head. And suddenly it's like routine nothing situation into Liverpool of big problems. And then the goal comes from it. And I tweeted about this. I just said, I don't understand how at 24 he's still making these decisions. And then I finished up by saying, I've just finished the 90 minutes. I think he may have also been the best player on the pitch, uh, on the ball. So, I don't know. At 24, Pat, we're starting to get into scary territory when those situations are being so badly misread, no? You
1: just get the feeling that he, in a perfect situation for him, he would play, play in a 3-4-3. He would be a wide midfielder in a 3-4-3. You know, come back sometimes, but you don't need to do that most of the time. You've got three at the back to cover it, and that's not your problem, mate. You get the great delivery in that area. Very much the way Rhys James does it. He's much, much better player in the 3-4-3, three, three, the wide man in the 4. So, but his team don't play that system. So he he is that player. Now, there's a whole number of things going on here. Right? Old-school people used to always say, he doesn't smell danger. Certain players don't smell danger. They've got blinkers on. They don't see what's behind them. They're not aware of that. They're not thinking that way. But let's give him a wee bit of credit for a wee minute. He spent whole, most of his career, and probably his youth career, being told, get forward, get forward, get forward. You know, that that's almost certain because he's so good at that. They've probably spent so much time doing that, 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 that. They've probably not spent a hell of a lot of time worrying about what's behind them. Because in most scenarios, if you're that right throwback of a four, and you push forward, well, the winger guy's going to run with you. He's not going to stand away. He's going to run with you. So unless you're playing against a clever team, if you do something wrong the like twenty yards from the opposition's box, then so what? Still got a whole pitch to get up. But cleverer teams have learned that. And then you will not always have that situation. Sometimes you will have to learn how to defend. And it honestly just feels as if he's never learned it. He's never been a natural at it. And for you, I mean I've played in so many teams over the years isn't? You don't need to be a pro to know this. You look at people and go, well, it's what you said, Joe. Why are you not seeing that? I don't get why you aren't seeing that. Mm. Because I'm sure I'd have seen that when I was 13, mm. you know, playing. I would have seen it. I would have felt it. I'd have known. I might not have been able to stop the guy, but I'd have known where the problem was and i have got there. So I think the training is go through academies, if you have a specialist and really good in one area, they push you on him. Well, he's done really well. He's becoming an international, and he's one of the best in the business going forward. But they've just left a big, big gap in his education. He shouldn't have done that. So it's unfair to him, and also he should work on it. He really should work on it. I never, I never hear, you know, Klopp saying, "Oh, by the way, we're really talking to him about it. We're yes. talking about covering." We never hear him saying it. You want to hear somebody saying that? Because if you see that on camera or to a newspaper or having a press conference afterwards. I promise you, the first person that's listening to that is the guy you're talking about. He's hearing that back there. Yeah. And, in his post, and then
0: you'll listen. In his post-match interview, he was put to him that that goal came down your side. And again, he said, well, look, it has to come down some side or through the middle. That's how football works, isn't it? And I thought, no, that's, that's not, that doesn't explain away this. I uh, don't want to marinate in the, uh, you know, uh, Assault on his reputation because he, he gets a lot of stick, and there's lots of bad defending out there. So, park him for a second. For you, as like an exponent of wing play, I was really curious to ask you about the build-up to. Oh God, who finished it? The little um, scuffed kind of uh, finish in the game. It'll come back to me. Sorry, head like a sip. Uh Yeah, but it, it was it, it started, and it's probably the, the piece of footage which caught your eye more. The sack, the bit of sack of movement. Where he, he comes in off the wing, Robertson slips. Oh, yeah, yeah. insane, yeah. yeah, so Robertson slips, which exacerbates it. But that that Saka, that little internal run, I I think it's a real maxim. And it came in that it was in the documentary, I think, where you know one of Arteta's pet hates is winger taking the ball square from say right back, as it would be in that instance, with defender up his backside. Because what can you do? You're you're penned in. you know where to go. So that so he he likes it. He's a real. I'd say he's coach Saka. Those internal. Runs. Did you like them? Like it, it was so effective. I couldn't believe how effective it was for something that looked so simple.
1: Uh, I was one of those players, and still don't understand why others aren't. I didn't care, right or left. I had no preference to go right or left, inside or outside, none at all. Okay. You should be good enough with both feet. You should be balanced enough to go with both ways. And you know, you watch. I mean, the classic example is Hakim Ziyech. Yeah, good luck watching him try to go down the line, like you know, because <laughs> ain't going to happen there's a lot of players man united have got a problem with one or two there yes, as well yeah,
0: we so, talked about it yeah so,
1: so you know you should be able to do both now you'll have a slight preference for one but if you've got a slight preference for either going inside or going outside you either a work on it or b just do the other one quite a lot so it develops space a little bit anyway Saka he's been clever he's been really clever about it he's taken up and it's not that he's dummy to go inside; he's ran inside yes. and got into a good area. That that's a quite different thing. He's almost doing that, um, you know, inner over um, underlap on his own. Yeah, yeah. Is it? So that's kind of quite unusual. But then uh, we're talking about the different systems. If you do play a three-four-three three or something like that, if you're one of the wide wingers, you're not actually a winger; you're you're a wide attacker. So you go back to the you know Thierry Henry. He used to do that. In a different kind of way, with pure pace. But he used to come in in that area, and then he was coming in and flying in towards goals and, sco- and he just looked like, you know, a left attacker, as opposed to. And that's what Saka's got. He's got lots of the tricks of the trade, you know, as a wide player, but he can also do that wide attacker thing as well. And but that's one of the number of things that makes him incredibly dangerous, is that he isn't one type of player. You when you know exactly the type of player and what his go-to movement is it's getting easier for a fullback and robertson thought he knew but he didn't and he was completely caught i mean he fell over and yeah he, yeah. he was completely caught off guard and of course with if you're playing against a left back and you're going to invert it and go inside you're going into his weak foot anyway that's we all know that mm. like so that you're giving yourself a hand um the problem of course liverpool had is is i think what you mentioned before that the henderson whatever weren't doing the the, the tight blocking or the tight pushing up because you can't do it to that level and I weren't doing it and it just looked awful for you know for the first until 2-0 and after 2-0 um, but I I don't know how much I don't want to buy into the the granite Xhaka tackle Yeah come thing.
0: on uh, please I don't want you to go that like I just can't I can't swallow that
1: I don't want to buy into that kind of weave it do <laughs> Right. I don't want it I don't want it but it's you, sometimes you're in a ground and Anfield's a particularly good ground for it. Something happens around the place and the fans get really annoyed and then suddenly everyone is actually throwing in more tackles mm. and it just complete. and it, the game did move. Okay, the goal made the change, the first goal, but it, the game did move on it. So I don't think the championship's been lost by Grant jack have being a bit of an idiot again uh, for a few moments, but it gave them a spark. It really, really helped. And that was the weird thing about it. When you're watching football games, that game was dead buried, done, finished, gone. Yeah. There was nothing there for Liverpool. They looked absolutely abject. And then suddenly the mojo was back. And it was weird that it came so quickly. Now, it probably was scoring. <laughs> but yeah. there's a wee bit that also tells you, you know, the amount of times people put in a tackle, Um, again, it's, 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 it's old thinking. If the first guy puts in a tackle and the next person's up behind and the next person's up behind. When you do that suddenly, it's like, you, it's exactly the same in rugby. Mm. It's all about the first tackle, isn't it? Mm. And the second one has to be right behind it and right behind it. See, if you do that two or three times, the, the opposition can fall back 20 yards and suddenly you think, "Oh, well, this is, mm. you've got it again. But you, it needs the energy, it needs the belief, it needs the hunger. Liverpool didn't seem to have the hunger, but they got the hunger when they got the anger.
0: That um, use <laughs> I don't enjoy the game as much as I used to I, I don't it, enjoy it. it it just seems to be a lot easier and goals mean less than they did and for me it, if you scored a goal in the Ireland final in the 80s 90s that was generally the winning of the game subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast
1: feed wherever you get your podcasts
0: and a, a final thought on Anfield with a view to the title race numerous pundits were at pains to say appointed Anfield you got to take it. But in the context of being 2-0 up, do you see it as very much two points dropped and that could be very costly for Arsenal?
1: Yeah, it's just two points dropped. Yeah. I'm afraid it has to be considered in that way. If you're 2-0 up... I mean, they've gone through so much. It's been a it's been a real joy watching Arsenal recently because, you know, they've all the problems they've had and they've overcome they've found a way around everyone. And the problem they've struggled with there is the problem of being 2-0 up, you know, and believing in it and, and working it through. Um But that was it will happen you knew it was going to happen something was going to happen it's still not out yet I mean Arsenal have got it in their own hands Man City have got it in their own hands as well it has to be said but they've now still got it in their own hands and if they expected to canter to the end of this um, with you know having that cushion of points A they would have been kidding themselves on but B there is no way Arteta expected that he knew that they were going to have this fight
0: Here's a question why can't I be as lucky in life as Frank Lampard
1: <laughs> what you mean? Good looking,
0: wealthy. <laughs> oh, man! And, and apparently, five million euro net just for the end of the season. That's what uh, was reported in Spain. Apparently, so. Oh, the the, the money
1: will mean nothing. well honestly,
0: will like, mean nothing. I mean, five million net always means something. But I take your point. um what what's your instinct? I mean, my thought was a bit. Uh, he he has done very well here, but uh, fair enough. They have Real Madrid this week. Um, What's your read on this? So they've kicked a touch. They don't want to make a decision. Uh, a lot of interim managers, actually, in the Premier League, which we'll come to in just a second. But they don't want to make a decision just yet. And they reach for Frank Lampard.
1: Yeah. Um, right. oh, I'm not going to be a, a cheerleader for Chelsea, but I'm just trying to think of the thinking, right? Uh, the thinking is they've done it before, and it's worked quite well when they went for an interim, right? You get a little bit of a left. And one or two players that were you know unusable before suddenly become usable the mount hasn't been used much suddenly because he's the mini frank he'll be usable again when he's really fit so you get that number one the one or two others who are kind of slightly left out of it they may think oh i've got a chance now Mm. you know i'm part of it now um he was quite well liked by most of them i think it was one or two that he totally felt fallen out with okay um but the other thing is, here's the here's the upside of it. The downsides are he's had a tough time. He was sacked, and he was sacked from Everton, and it's not really looked that phenomenal. As if you're getting, you know, they, they would get a heading in before or something like that. You know, real yeah. top level sometimes. Um, but he knows every player, just about every player there. You know, some of the new younger ones he won't know that well, but he'll know a lot of the players. That kind of helps a wee bit when you've got a very short term period to get everything right. He's walking in there. And the entire season isn't the next eight, nine, ten games. It's the next game. Yeah. It's the next game. It's this one. So I had a wee look at it at the weekend. My suspicion at the weekend was that was all smokescreen. That was not even... I don't think he'll play that system tomorrow night against Madrid. Right. I don't think he'll play the personnel. I I think he'll... I think he was trying to keep... If he... I mean, I'm I'm guessing here. I know nothing, right? Mm. Um, But would you be surprised if Canty walks on that pitch? And you'd be surprised if Mason Mount walks on the pitch at the Benabit. would you be even totally surprised if Thiago Silva walked on that pitch. But none of them are going to play against Wolves. No, that's fair. And so there's a, there's a blanket thrown over that game. No, you lost 1-0, but who cares in the end? Mm. Got, they're not going to do it in this season in the league. You, you want a blanket, you, and also you don't want to endanger anybody who's coming back from injury. Um, so that you've got that, the other thing you've got on top of it, and this this is because I'm almost taking for granted, we get the negatives, right? <laughs> we, get, <laughs> okay. like
0: we all get you, them, you, right?
1: You, you picked up on that, did you? Yeah, we all get them, right? This is like, I'll not waste your time in that. I'm not going to play with the intelligence of our listeners or you, right? We get that Frank Lamper was a weird decision in many ways, but why did they do it? So, number one, easy decision because he knows the place, he knows the players. Um, that kind of helps it's short term gives the whole place to lift takes the pressure off the ownership who were beginning to come under a bit of pressure yeah. you know but the pressure's gone there because everybody loves Frank at, at Chelsea Football Club and the fact that he's actually got a number coming through here's the, here's the killer one and again it's still grasping at straws and I, I will openly say it um, Chelsea played against Real Madrid last season In the Bernabeu. Mm. Eight players that started that game could start tomorrow night. Mm. Eight of them. And they were 3-0 up. Now, you tell me and I tell you that it's it's incredibly unlikely that Chelsea will beat Real Madrid over these two games. But football's stupid. And if you, say, put a bunch of kids out there that have never done it before, you're probably going to get beat. If Frank manages to get Espliqueta and all them back... And these these guys don't think they can do it. They know they've done it. They all done it last year. And yeah. So they know. There's one other thing they've got in their favour. And it is one other thing. And it's the thing that's almost forgotten about Chelsea. By the way, I still don't think Chelsea will go through. I keep on having to underline this because yeah. Twitter will slaughter you. Um, like I care. But look at Chelsea's goals against column. Have a look at it just now. They are fourth... Best goals against. They are there's only three teams better goal uh, defence in England in the Premier League, and they are in position one, two, and three. Chelsea don't lose a lot of goals, so you know for the fact that they're massive underdogs. They've had a stinker of a time. They've brought in a manager that had a, didn't have a great time before and has had a bad time since, and they they just look a complete mess because it's all been thrown together. A big plate of spaghetti, but there's a part isn't there? There's a wee button. Thinking, what the hell? Yeah. So I kind of see what they were trying to do. Okay. Um, and it probably won't work, but I have to say See if they walk out in that pitch and they've got the likes of Thiago Silva and Golo Kanté and Kovacic, and you think, oh right. And they put they don't put a out a kind of a kind of frank four three three team. They put a, a sensible, fairly defensive, hard to break down team. Then I think if they can be in it for the second leg, I mean, I'm covering both the games, it would be just great if they were still in it for the second leg coming to Stamford. Yeah,
0: for sure. I should let you know, Manchester City have scored an all-important second goal. Uh, Bayern, very sloppy, coming out of defence and possession. Jack Grealish, hard-working. Jack Grealish stole the ball. Uh, Quick backheel to Erling Haaland, who stood up across to the back post. And Bernardo Silva sprinted in header. Man City 2 up against Bayern and on the attack again, so that is significant. I suppose um, the thought I had with Frank, my, my defining lasting memory of his final months at Chelsea was of someone who couldn't make sense of this supposedly mishmash of a squad. He couldn't work it out and then like John Nash, in comes Tuchel and sees all the numbers and vroom, makes sense of it and now Frank Lampard has the most grotesquely oversized squad in the history of football and it's like all the people in the world come in and make sense of this so um, let's see, another, let's thing, see.
1: another thing on top of that, when Frank was last there, you have to look at what the squad he had, he would have thought who will I play up front today, will I play Tommy Abraham, will I play Werner will I play Havertz, will I play Olivier Giroud and then he walk in today and go we are all
0: well, <laughs> like we're all centre-forward? In fairness, we're all thinking that. We're all thinking that. Um, a quick last thought before we go, about two, three minutes here. So Dean Smith, I see now, has been put in as Leicester manager, interim Leicester manager. They were beaten by Bournemouth at the weekend. They are in very serious trouble and their first game is Man City. So I was just reading on the BBC, Smith's appointment means there are five interim managers at Premier League clubs. Lampard at Chelsea, Christian Stellini at Spurs, Ruben Seles at Southampton, Roy Hodgson, which in fairness is working like a dream, uh, at Crystal Palace. And Leeds boss, Javi Gracia, is on a, quote, flexible contract. This is this does fly in the face of lame duck managers and you need to think they're there forever for uh, the whole ecosystem to work. It's kind of an interesting development. Five seems it, like a it, lot.
1: It seems like a hell of a lot. In fact, it is a hell of a lot. Now, one thing, it is an unusual season because it's been so tight down that bottom end. I mean, that bottom end is ridiculous. It's, I don't know if it's ever been this tight. So there is, there's always panic, but there's a particular panic this season. But you've got to underline, if you've got five interim managers and you've made is it 12, 13, 14 changes, who's getting that wrong? The, board are getting, yeah. the boards are getting it wrong. Yeah. So, you know, they, they and it looks as if they're making a the change and people going, yeah, we wanted him out. You, think, you put them in the first place. If you didn't, you got that wrong then. You didn't stay, or else you've not stuck with a guy that you thought was the right guy, because you held him the pressure. So, the one group of people that never seem to get any stick are these boards. that leave their clubs with, you know, a management that's all over the place. That, if if you anybody of you at work and you do a team thing at work, which most people in the work, uh, work in a team under a management, and the management changes every twenty minutes, it's no good. No, it's not what you want. And have a look at the top of the league. And the, the, most of the teams at the tops of the leagues are the ones that are staying with static managers for a period of time. It, that bit isn't rocket science. So, you know, they're not all that many brilliant, brilliant managers, you could argue. But the, bi- the, the one group of people that, I mean, I, I do have always seen this phrase, and I'm sure you know about it. Fans have a go at players, it's fine. Fans have a go at manager, it's fine. Fans have a go at board, you're sacked. Mm. And that's exactly how it happens. I'm just watching it happen time and time again. Fans aren't stupid, they can see it. When they've had enough, they stop shouting at the players. And they just turn their heads and look up towards the boardroom. And they're quicker at it now. And they're so. They're not snowflakey, but they're they moving quick now. They, they won't take any stick. Funnily enough, Chelsea are the ones that stuck, stuck out a wee bit longer than most. Yeah. They're a bit stuck for a long time. And they stuck out a wee bit longer, but they still didn't stick out completely. Man City
0: 3 by Munich now. Erling Haaland, volley, right footed. They're cooking. That goal was coming. I'm going to let you go, Pat, because we're out of time. You can go and watch them score what I guess will be a fourth, the way things are uh, cooking at the moment. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll chat to you next week. Look forward to it. See you then. then. Pat and Evan with us on this Tuesday evening. So, uh, really good City goal. Uh, Haaland, volley, far post, right footed. They're 3-0 up, and that third goal has really been coming our football show coverage brought to you by sky all the football you love in one place across sky sports bt sport and premier sports football on off the ball with sky all the football you love in one place across sky sports bt sport and premier sports